Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. I am Amy Wells. Coach Mac is here, of course, and we are continuing through our names you need to know in the NFL series. And Mac, I'm fired up about this one. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. I mean, all these people that we've talked to have been very good friends of mine, but this guy's really close to my heart because he was a former player and a great friend and just an outstanding, outstanding human being, not only on the football field, but after football too. So our guest today is Aeneas Williams. He's a former NFL safety, spent the majority of his career with the Arizona Cardinals. And Coach Mack, he is someone who, as a human being, is just very close to your heart. Tell me why. Well, you know, when, when I, I, I left the Bears and I went to Arizona as a defensive coordinator, you know, Aeneas had just signed his second contract with the Cardinals. You know, he, he played at, at Southern University. In, in, in New Orleans and had developed into probably one of the two or three pure lockdown corners in the National Football League and had decided, even though the Cardinals had not had much success in his first term there with his contracts, that he was going to re-sign with the club in the hopes of being able to elevate the team. It was a big signing for the Cardinals when he went. He did it before I came down there, and so he was on the, the first year of his uh, of his new contract when I came down there. And so immediately, you know, once I once I got to know him as a, as a defensive coordinator, there was a time, I think it was probably – two and a half, three months into our time together. We'd already been on the field, you know, some during the OTAs. And so when training camp started, you know, I, I, I talked to him one, brought him over one time, and I told him, I said, Nikki, I mean, that's people that know him. That's what, that's what his nickname was growing up in, in New Orleans. I said, Nikki, I'm going to tell you something. Having you play corner for me in this league gives me the same confidence I had of Mike Singletary playing middle linebacker for me at the Bears. And he stopped and said, Coach, that's the best compliment I've ever heard in my life. I said, I wouldn't give it to you, and I'm not just saying it to say it, but everything that you do, the way you prepare, the way you play, who you are, how you bring this team around you, I said, it reminds me so much of what Mike Singletary, you know, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, added to the Chicago Bears. And I said, you are that – You are that." cut it out of the same cloth I said I just want you to know that and so you know we developed a very close bond and then as, as you'll hear when we talk about this I mean Aeneas was there through some very rough times decided to stay and uh, you know when I went in there in our in our third season there and Aeneas was a big part of it you know we were able to beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas in the playoff game which was the first playoff victory for that franchise in 51 years it was huge. And also we were able to get a stadium. And Aeneas and, and I have always been very close. And, and as you know, you'll, you'll find out, you know, when his, second, when his contract was up with us, you know, well, then I didn't want to lose Aeneas. But I also knew that Aeneas deserved a chance, you know, to be able to be – because the, we were a g- good team, but we were never going to be that team to be able to put it over the top because of a lot of financial reasons, because of things that were going on. But there were a lot of people that were interested in him for a third contract. And so that's when he went to the Rams and then went to the Super Bowl with the Rams. So he and I have been very, very close for a, for a long time. He's a very interesting, interesting man. But he means a lot to the National Football League. He means a lot to the NFL legends community. And he just means a lot to everybody that he comes in contact with, which you will hear. I mean, he's ex- extended his, his post-playing uh, days. I mean, he's a pastor now. 
and he's done some remarkable things there in St. Louis. How did he help you in your time as a coach for the Cardinals organization? Well, if we want to just, let's just talk football first. You know, when I came in, you know, as a, a very young coordinator, and, and you know, I, I sat down with, with him very quickly because when you come in new to a place as a coach, and especially one that has responsibility as a head coach or as a coordinator, you need to get the good players. They need to buy into what you're, into what you're doing. And so he and I would, would sit down, and, and, he, and he told me, Coach, I will, I will help you with these guys. We will, you know – I, I believe in what you're, in what you say you're going to do. I believe in, you know, this new regime that that you're coming in here with, and so I will do anything I can to help you. And he did, you know. And so when you go into an organization that hasn't hadn't won in a long time, first of all, you've got to be able to establish another type of thought process within the whole team and really within the whole building. But your your main players have to buy in, and he was one of the first guys that really bought in, and, and it helped a lot. And then you talk about, you know. <laughs> Football-wise, we were still in the NFC East when I was the coordinator there. And so it meant, you know, we played the Cowboys twice a year, and that's when they had the, those great teams going on. My game plans against the Cowboys that I, that I did for all the years I was a coordinator, every time we played them, which was twice a year, you know, I would, I would stand up in front of the room and say, Aeneas, you've got Michael Irving man-to-man the whole game. Can I count on you for that? And he'd say, yes, sir. Then I could use the other ten to do things. And so we had great success. A lot of times, but he was willing to wear that hat, and it wasn't easy because a lot of times, I mean, you know, it's just talking football. If you're if you're that man to man locked up corner and you don't have a great rush, you don't have great pressure, you don't have, you know, all of those things puts a lot of pressure on a cornerback. But he not only stepped up, he was able to be, you know, one of the the best in the league. I mean, he truly is. He's in the Hall of Fame now for a, for a reason, you know. And and of course, Aeneas was involved in probably one of the bigger plays in the history. Uh, of the Cardinals organization at getting the stadium because it's close to not getting it. And then the Sunday before the vote, Aeneas returns a fumble into the end zone by Stephen Davis of the Washington football team, of mm. Washington commanders now, I guess, 104 yards for a touchdown and we win the game. And so then that next Tuesday we win the vote. He's, he, he's going to, he's in the, in the Cardinals ring of honor. He deserves to be, you know, but he's in the National Football League Hall of Fame. And as I say, he deserves all of that, uh, not only as a player, but as a, as a person and as a human being. And uh, I've been associated with a lot of really great players, you know, in my 31 uh, years of coaching in this league and now going on to what, six years of broadcasting in this league. There's a lot of great people out there, but Aeneas Williams is right at the top of the list. You mentioned that early in his career, he was on some teams that weren't performing very well. For him to maybe not be generating on paper the success that you would associate with a Hall of Famer and to still have him be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2014, what does that say about not only his productivity as a player on the field, but as a human off the field, the things that he was able to do to warrant being a Hall of Fame player. Well, there's a lot of good players on some not good teams that's not their fault, just like there's a lot of good coaches on not good teams that sometimes it's not their fault. There's so much that goes. But whenever an opponent would turn on a film, they would know who Aeneas Williams was. They would know. I think one of the biggest compliments, you know, I, I listened to all the Hall of Fame speeches and, and when Michael Irvin was being inducted and then when Aeneas was inducted, Michael Irvin said, 
the biggest challenge I ever had during my career was going one-on-one against Aeneas Williams. That's just the truth. But, but Aeneas, really, he never, he never, he's, he's such a strong human being. Faith-wise, he's such a strong human being, you know, just with who he is and what he does. He would never, ever let outside circumstances dictate how he approached his job. You know, I have never seen him have a bad day. He never came in, you know, with an attitude of, of poor me. I'm a great player on not a good team. He made the not good team a good team. You know, and so if you were an opponent watching tape, when you watched Aeneas Williams, it really didn't matter what the score was. He was performing at a level that you knew was special. In the National Football League, one of the things he's really gotten involved with is the Legends community, which is the group of players who are former players. How has that impacted the National Football League as a whole? Well, it's been it's been big because especially when you have players like Aeneas Williams are involved in this and helping not only to mentor former players, but also be able to speak. You know, when he quit playing, Jeff Fisher and I, we, we brought him into the Rams to speak to the team. You know, we had him at we had him at training camp. I mean, he's a guy that you want young players to learn from and, and not only to learn, you know, I'm not talking about defensive back technique. I'm not talking about strategy as a player. I'm talking about how to be a professional, how to be a professional in your life, in your whole life, you know, off of the field, with your family, if you're married, with your wife. All, all of these things Aeneas Williams knows. And he's he's got that 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 mentorship type of a spirit, and 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 people look. I, I've had so many young defensive backs ask me, just like I have young linebackers, because they know my association with Mike Singletary. Ask me, do you think you could ever get hold of one of these guys and I could talk to him? And I and and I say sure. And they're more than willing to do it at at all times. They're more than willing to do it. Aeneas Williams is just a special special person. That's why he's involved with the league office. They understand the, the, the effect that he has on former players and the effect that he has on current players. Well, and that's also why he is associated with the Titans Amy Coach Mac podcast. Here's our conversation with Aeneas Williams. Mac, you've been talking about having this person on the show for a really long time, and I'm so excited we are finally able to make it happen. Aeneas Williams is here. Mac, I want to ask you about Aeneas to start us off. What is it about this human being that stands out to you so much? Let me tell you what I told Aniki, which is what people that are really close to him call him. That's his nickname that not a lot of people know. But Aeneas Williams, when I took the defensive coordinator job coming from Chicago at Arizona, Aeneas had just re-signed with the Cardinals. You know, he was drafted by the Cardinals out of Southern University, had just re-signed his second contract with the Cardinals. And after being with him for about two months, I pulled him aside and I said, Aeneas, I want you to take this the right way. You don't know me very well yet, but you are going to. But I want to let you know this. Having you play cornerback in my defense is exactly like having Mike Singletary play middle linebacker in the defense I just left at the Bears after seven years. And I said, I just want you to know that's how I feel about you. This is a special human being. Let's take the football player completely out of it, Amy. This is one of the, this is one of the best human beings on the planet. And I just I'm so fortunate to be able to call him not only just a former player, but really true friend. Aeneas, I feel like I have to ask a similar question of you about Coach Mack. What was it like playing for Dave McGinnis? First, thank you, Coach Mack, for allowing me 
and inviting me to be on this call. Coach Mack, when I think about coaches and their impact on players' lives, you know, being a man, a Christ follower, a lot of times you hear the word faith. But when you spoke those words, Coach Mack, and, I, and I've gotten to understand Coach Sean McVay just a little and been paying attention to other coaches, one of the things that a coach can do is speak things that are possible in a player's ears that that player may not know that they're capable of doing it or may not be sure if they can do it. Because, Mac, when you said those words to me, you shared them from your heart and they hit my heart. So literally what coaches do when they speak that type of communication to their players, they literally cause their players to believe it. And I call it the transference of belief. And my time as a player, as well as a person, was much improved because I got to know Coach Mack. Well, Nikki, uh, and again, you and I could go on and on. But look, it was not only a, a true trust between both of us. It became a true friendship. But I can tell you this, and you can remember the, the game plan days. I would talk to you on Monday before I talked to anybody else. And I'd say, Nikki, this week you're going to have to wear the hat against Michael Irvin, and I need, I'm need i going to use 10 other people to beat the Cowboys. Are you ready for that? And not one time, no matter whether it was the Cowboys, whether it was Randy Moss, whoever the best was, I always had that ability, and that helped my career because our defenses could do a lot of really cool things because you could stand alone by yourself against the best out there and just – Talk to us a little bit about that, about what made you able to have that kind of confidence in yourself in the toughest position in the league to play to saying, Coach Mack, I got it. Well, one, Coach Mack, one of my goals was to always play in such a way as a cornerback that my defensive back coach would get an opportunity to become a defense coordinator and that my defense coordinator would have an opportunity to become a head coach because I found out what what, what I make happen, I help make happen for others, God makes happen for me. So getting that task, what you didn't know is when given assignments like that, it pulls out the greatness in us. Because Coach Mack, it didn't mean that I wasn't a little nervous, wasn't a little afraid. But when you gave me that assignment and gave it to me in such a way where you had no more care as it relates to Michael Irvin, I wanted to make sure my coaches also could be able to go to sleep <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and not think about the assignment that they had given me. Now, one of the things about you that really strikes me is that you weren't always playing on these unbelievable teams. I mean, win or lose, your play always stood out, though, no matter the outcome of the game. What was it about you, whether it be mentally or physically or probably a combination of both, that made you stand out no matter the circumstances of what was happening within a team or within a game? Because of the great game of football is a team sport, we do win and lose based on the scoreboard. But each individual player has to decide whether they're going to become a loser because the team is losing. So I attempted to set a standard for my play, starting out individually, that I would play and prepare to the best I could in order to do the best I can to cause positive outcome on behalf of our team. And there are a couple of people that come to mind, Coach Mack, and that's 
Mike Martz, when they traded for me, yes, gave up the second and the fourth round draft pick. When he, Coach Mike Martz, the Rams coach at the head coach at that time, and Coach Lovey Smith, the defense coordinator at the time, when Tracy and I, my wife and I, got off the plane, they picked us up, and Coach Martz said to me, he said, even though you guys didn't win a lot of games, I never could tell by the way you played what the score was because of the standard by which you played. The other person that comes to mind is the late coach John Madden. When I was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Coach Mack, he told my father, he said, Lawrence, Mr. Williams, you need to know not a lot of guys get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame who come from losing teams. He said a lot of these guys that are in a Pro Football Hall of Fame, they're very good, but a, a majority of them were on very good teams. He says your son is one of the guys that's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that was able to operate with a standard of excellence and competitive excellence even though his team was not winning. Well, see, Aeneas, and I'm so glad that Amy asked that because that's such a relevant question, especially to you. You know, when Vince Tobin got the head job there and I came as a coordinator, it was because things had not been going really good for you guys, you know, once when you were drafted from Southern. And when we had gotten there, you had made the decision to stay with the franchise and sign a second contract to sign a second contract, and you told us, I want to be here to at least help this place start to get to where they want to go. And I'm going to take you to a time as to where we did that. You know, we were able, in 1998, win the first playoff game, go Mm. to the playoffs for the first time in 51 years for that franchise, and beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Just let's go back, and you and I reminisce a little bit. (laughs) Let's talk about the field goal that went through against the Chargers that put us into the playoffs when they stormed the field there at Sun Devil Stadium and tore the goalpost down. And then that week getting ready to go play that divisional game against Dallas, who was still in our division then. We were in the NFC East then. Take us through that time as far as you were thinking, and you remember our defensive meetings where we said, we can beat this football team doing this defensively. Let's go, Nikki. Well, first, Amy, I can tell you, shout out to my late teammate, uh, Kwame Lassiger, because in that last game against the Chargers, Kwame had four interceptions. Yes, he did. And I don't know if anybody's done that since. Yeah. But Coach Mack, knowing that we made the playoffs, it was all worth staying. Because knowing that I was able to play a part in a team having lost for so many years and us turning it around, that's when I knew that Phoenix and that fan base, it was there. And I knew that Phoenix and the state of Arizona, if they would just continue to develop and have good teams, that they would have a great fan base. But that game against Dallas, they've beaten us twice and they didn't hardly respect us. The goal in Dallas, Coach Mack, and have that that victory, being able to dominate like we did, Jake Plummer, the quarterback, and the plays that were made. And, and Coach Mack, there's something that I said in my Hall of Fame speech in reference to the Dallas Cowboys. So the new stadium that they're in, Coach Mack, they started designing that stadium around the year or the year after we beat them. Yes, they did. <laughs> and remember, they had a hole in the stadium, <laughs> that, that open roof. 
And Jerry Jones had been quoted as saying, God looks down on the Cowboys. And so my joke to Michael Irvin, all the Cowboy greats, I said, I talked to the architects that designed that actual building. And I asked them, I said, when did you guys start designing this building? And they told me the year around 98, 99. And I said, man, I figured it out. After we beat the Cowboys, upset them in the playoffs, Jerry decided, man, I need to build a new stadium because God must not be watching us like we used to. (laughs) (laughs) That is so. And, you know, it was such a great feeling. And I'm glad you bring that up because now, of course, I, you know, I stayed on, you know, after you left, helped get a stadium built there. And now they've got they've got something rolling there. But some of my fondest memory of that was after it was after the ball game. You and I hugging each other in the middle of the field, right. both crying like babies because you know we knew, and and that that launched me on my head. I got the head coach interviews, and 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 you went on to and you know when they talked about trading you, and I said you know Aeneas has given everything to this franchise. He deserves a chance to go and have a chance immediately to get to a Super Bowl, which you which you were able to do, and so to me, Nikki, it, that just worked out so great. But let's talk about now your post-playing career. That, to me, is what defines you as a man. Talk to us a little bit about what you are doing now, not only for the league, but what you are doing as a pastor of a beautiful church. Well, thank you, Coach Mack. And my wife, Tracy, and I married 29 years as of January of this year. We started this church in our basement. It's called the Spirit Church here in St. Louis, Missouri. And just serving the community and serving people where my relationship with Jesus Christ, that I was discipled, I had mentorship, and people helped me understand how the scriptures related to everyday life. And so it was in my heart, in our heart, to start a ministry. We have two services on Sunday. We have what's called a men's locker room, Coach Mack, where men come from all over the city once a month, every first Monday of the month. And it's just been seeing lives change, seeing communities change, and pouring into young people, mentorship, all of those things that Jesus did in order to serve people. And that's what we've been doing. And as it relates to the work with the National Football League, serving under Troy Vinson, Vice President of Football Operations, serving and working with Commissioner Goodell, as well as with the owners, And I also have a role on the committee that's a part of the Inspired Change Initiative with the league, where over $250 million that's been earmarked toward Inspiring Change and donating funds and organizations that are literally grassroots causing change in the different communities, in particular communities of color and communities where there are disadvantages. Aeneas, you are just such an inspirational person. Before we let you go, I've got to ask what advice you would have for guys who are in the league right now. The game of football looks a little bit different from when you played. This league has continued to grow and evolve and change. But in the end, there's still men playing a game. What advice would you have for those guys? Number one, Amy, I love the game. I love the current generation of players. I love the rules that need to change in order to help benefit where when our guys leave the game, they have a higher likelihood of of living healthy lives. My advice to the current players 
is for them to remember that those that were in their seats decades before, as well as owners, as well as the Players Association and players, all made decisions that have caused this game to continue to skyrocket and grow. That means while we were playing and while people played that was even before me, they played the game where they had integrity, character, made decisions, compromising decisions, whether it's the NFLPA connecting with the league, players all working together to cause this game to be the number one sports league in the world to remind the current guys they are the current stewards of the game. And I want them to remember how they play the game, how they respect the game will have a huge impact on whether this game will be around for subsequent generations. That's what I want them to know about the current stewardship and their responsibility while they're currently playing. Well, Nikki, you said you love the game and, and, and you loved what you did. You know that I love you, and I, I sincerely appreciate you doing this. You know what you mean to me, and I, I and this is going to be inspirational to people that listen to it. But Aeneas Williams, Hall of Famer, not just on the field, Hall of Fame human being. Thanks, Nikki. Love you, man. Love you too, Coach Mack. Thank you, and thank you, Amy. Greatly appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Mac, you're not kidding. Great human being. Yeah, and that's the number one thing. And that's what that's what he wants to be known as because he, you know, he was a great player. You don't get a gold jacket not being a great player. But as a as a human being, he's right at the top of the list. I'm so fortunate. I am fortunate to have had that association with him and still do. Yeah, and to be able to hear straight from the horse's mouth some of the experiences that he's had and also just his love of the game, man. Who you can't match that. Well, you don't get you don't get to that level in this league. It's that's extremely extremely challenging if you don't love the game. True that, Coach Mack. True that. Yeah, and not only just playing the game, it's what it takes to be able to get ready to play the game. Right, and everything that he's been able to do after as a pastor yes. as well. I mean, requires a tremendous amount of dedication, and I think that. Being able to hear from people who are dedicated to whatever it is they're choosing to do is is pretty powerful. Well, he's 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 a powerful human being. You know, I had a very close friend that that had a uh, Ford dealership in Hannibal, Missouri, for fifty plus years, and he was my car dealer in nineteen seventy five when I first went to work at the University of Missouri with a dealer car. Well, thirty five years later, I was still getting a car from him, and uh, you know his name was Tom Boland. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I brought him to a lot of the games. And so, you know, Aeneas met him because, you know, I'd always introduce all the people I'd bring to games that were important to me to Aeneas. And then when Aeneas originally got out, then he got involved with it. He wanted to buy a car dealership in New Orleans. And so, you know, he asked me, you think uh, Tom Bolin would talk to me a little bit about because he'd been a Ford dealer for 45 years. So he knew. He knows the, knew the business. And so he did. He spent time with Aeneas. They spent time together. Fast forward to, you know, Tom Boland, God rest his soul. You know, finally his, his heart was giving out on him. And I went to visit him in Hannibal kind of in the last couple of weeks you know, when he was alive. And I called Aeneas in St. Louis. I said, Aeneas, I just want you to know that 
just a phone call from you to Tom Bowler, and I said he's not gonna he's not gonna be with us very much longer. I'm just telling you that. And he, and he said he said, Coach, when can I come? And so rather than just call on the phone, he gets in the car and drives up there and and spends a day, you know, with Tom Bowler. That's the kind of human being you're talking about. Well, that's fantastic, and the NFL is full of people like that, and so. I think it's so great that we have been able to to highlight some of these people and show them off and share our stories and conversations that we get to have. We're just going to keep rolling through this series here, Mac. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I think so too. A million listeners get to hear it. A million listeners. If you have not subscribed or done any of the things for the Titans, Amy and Coach Mac podcast, please do that. Share it with your friends so that we can actually have a million listeners. We do have a million. You can just start the second million. Okay, so so that we can have our second million, our two million listeners is the count we're going for now. <sighs> a couple more to go in this series, Mac. That's fine. Very exciting. Love doing it. All right. For Titans, Amy, Aeneas Williams, and Coach Mac, thank you for listening to the Titans, Amy, and Coach Mac podcast.